Well, good morning. Welcome today. Uh, you know, it's, it's always good to be together as we come each week to worship our risen Lord and Savior. And in doing so, we are renewed, reformed, refilled with the grace of God who helps us to live for him. Amen. If you're a guest with us today, my name is Mark. I'm one of the pastors here. You picked a great day to join us because we're going to be celebrating in baptism in just a little bit. I know some of you came specifically for that purpose, uh, but we're just glad you're with us today. If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to join me in the book of 1 Peter. We're in 1 Peter chapter 1. We're going to begin with verse 15 today, and I just invite you to stand as we read God's word this morning. You must be holy in every aspect of your lives, just as the one who called you is holy. It is written, you will be holy because I am holy. Since you call upon a father who judges all people according to their actions without favoritism, you should conduct yourselves with reverence during the time of your dwelling in a strange land. Live in this way, knowing that you were not liberated by perishable things, like silver or gold, from the empty lifestyles you inherited from your ancestors. Instead, you were liberated by the precious blood of Christ, like that of a flawless, spotless lamb. Christ was chosen before the creation of the world, but was only revealed at the end of time. This was done for you who through Christ are faithful to the God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. So now your faith and hope should rest in God. As you set yourselves apart by your obedience to the truth so that you might have genuine affection for your fellow believers, love each other deeply and earnestly. Do this because you have been given new birth, not from the type of seed that decays but from seed that doesn't. This seed is God's life-giving and enduring word. This is the word of God for the people of God. And we say together, thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. So I have a question for you this morning. How many of you here today, either in high school or maybe in college, took a foreign language? Quite a few of us, right? You know, thinking back between high school and college and seminary, I think I took three different languages and spent more than eight years studying other languages. And I don't remember very much. <laughs> How many of you can echo that? You took a language and you don't remember nearly as much now as you used to know. Well, why is that? It's because if we don't practice things, we have a tendency to forget them, don't we? If you want to stay proficient at a language that's not your natural heart language, you have to practice that. You have to practice that language so you can remember how to communicate in those ways. You know, when we don't practice things, we, we tend to lose them, if not forget them completely. Same thing is true in our spiritual lives. You know, we're in this Easter season, we're reminded that the resurrection is not just a historical reality, but the resurrection of Jesus Christ is true today. And it makes an impact in our lives. 
And as followers of Jesus Christ, we've been called to live into the resurrection, to, to practice the resurrection. And if we don't continue to do our part, if we don't live into this calling, then just like we forget foreign languages that we took years ago, we can experience something akin to, to spiritual atrophy, where we kind of lose some of what it is, the ways in which we've experienced the grace of God in our lives. You know, as, as First Peter was written, just a, just a reminder, we, we started into this last week, but those, those people who first received this letter found themselves scattered in, in all parts over Asia Minor. They were just small groups of Christians, maybe one family in an entire community or a couple of families. They, they were isolated from one another. They were scattered. They were, were facing persecution and other challenges to their faith. It could be very easy for them to give up living in to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ that they'd experienced. But it's to this group of people and to us today that the book of 1 Peter, as it begins, not what we read today, but as it begins, says, to God's chosen strangers who are scattered about. There's a couple of things that jumps out to us from this, this opening greeting. The people that, that Peter is writing to are God's chosen people. But they're also strangers. They're not, however, strangers to God. They're strangers in this world in which they find themselves living. You see, it's this passage we read today as it talks about some of this, that the term some people like to use in thinking about the Christian church or Christians is that we are resident aliens. We find ourselves citizens of an earthly kingdom, just like those who first received these words. But our true citizenship doesn't belong to any country or empire. As Christians, our true citizenship is where? It's in heaven with Christ Jesus our Lord. And so the call we face is how do we live as citizens of God's kingdom in the realities of this world in which we find ourselves here? That was some of the struggle that First Peter's first hearers found themselves wrestling with, it's a struggle that you and I wrestle with today as well. You know, for those who, who first heard these words, they, they could have looked around and found themselves doubting the reality of some of this. You know, it could seem like earthly kingdoms and earthly powers are really the ones in control, just looking around. Looking around, it could seem that no matter how faithful they were, no matter how much they, they tried to serve God, that their future was, was really not something that, that they had any influence on. There were so many things that could have driven them to doubt. And yet, in the midst of all of this, Peter knows something. <laughs> Peter knows that things aren't always the way that they appear to be. And so he's writing to this church to, to encourage them. He, he writes to remind them of who they are, of who they are as followers of Christ Jesus. But he also is writing to them to invite them to live into the reality of their identity. This is really where we picked up today as he starts off calling them and us as followers of Jesus Christ to live lives of holiness to live into this calling that we've received that's made possible 
by the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's inviting them to, to live into this, but the question is, what does it look like to live as these resident aliens in a world that is often so contrary to the gospel in which we find ourselves? Well, in the midst of all of this, as Peter talks about being God's chosen, he's, he's actually pointing back to Abraham. We talked a little bit about this last week. You know, for Abraham and Abraham's descendants, they, they would find themselves wandering in the wilderness. In fact, as you read through the book of Exodus, you discover that, that God rescued his people from slavery and from oppression. But in rescuing them, they ended up having to spend 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years of gathering manna each day to eat. And you thought your menu at home was boring, right? It was during this time in the wilderness, this time of struggle, this time of questions, this time of doubt, this, this time of, of no place to call their own, that they had to learn how to trust in God. Because as we read through the Old Testament, we actually realize that those 40 years in the physical wilderness wasn't the only time that God's people were in the wilderness. A lot of people would suggest that, that the people of Israel were kind of continually in the wilderness. The times when they were exiled, or those times when they weren't exiled, but they weren't faithfully following with, with God there in their lives, and, and it was impacting them. So many times in which they just felt out of place. They had these questions, they had these, these doubts, they had these fears, just nothing seemed quite right. But you know what we realized throughout the Old Testament? Whether we're talking about the 40 years in the physical wilderness, or the generations that they spent seeming to be in a wilderness. You know what we discover through all of this? God was with them every single time. Every time they thought they were somewhere in the wilderness, every time they felt alone, every time they thought there was no hope or no future or no promise, God was with them. And you know, one of the things that helped the people of Israel to be faithful during their times in the wilderness was worship. Worship in a big sense. Sometimes we think worship is just the singing of songs that we do when we gather on Sunday morning. And that is a part of worship, but worship is also so much bigger than that. And we see that in various ways throughout Scripture. In the Old Testament, one of the things I think about when I think of worship and remaining faithful is I think of somebody like Daniel. Somebody like Daniel who, who found himself as a captive in Babylon with all of these pressures to conform to the ways of the rich and beautiful and powerful. And yet, where do we continually find Daniel throughout the book of Daniel? Praying to God. Praying to God. To keep his eyes fixed on the one that he knew held his future. Daniel knew his future didn't rest in the hands of Nebuchadnezzar or any of the other kings who would serve while Daniel was in Babylon. Daniel knew that his future rested in the hands of God. So he would continually pray. But we see that also in the book of Psalms, which is the original prayer book for God's people. The book of Psalms that turns to God when life is going well and when life is anything but well. 
and teaches us how to pray. It teaches us how to trust God even when we doubt. It teaches us to express our doubts and fears to God because God can handle our doubts and fears. Aren't you thankful for that? You know, the book of Psalms teaches us to pray. You know, another way we see God's people worship throughout the Old Testament is the, the regular observance of the Sabbath. As every seven days, they would stop working and they would be reminded that ultimately their future didn't rest upon what they did for themselves. Their future was a gift of God that was given to them. And so they learned how to trust in God. Another rhythm of worship that we would see was the holy days that they would celebrate. And the greatest of the holy days was a day known as Passover. Passover reminded them of how God had rescued them and saved them from Egypt. How they had been slaves, but God set them free. How they had been oppressed, how they had no future, no home, and God rescued them from all of that. And Passover was a, an annual reminder that God had saved his people. And it formed and shaped so much of their lives and who they were and what they did. At the heart of the Passover celebration was a lamb who would be slaughtered, whose blood would save God's people. And here in 1 Peter tells us that Jesus is like a pure, spotless lamb whose shedding of blood has redeemed not just the people of Israel, but every single person who would choose to receive that. And that through Jesus Christ, we have the ability to be set free from, from bondage and slavery. That in Jesus Christ, we are given a new future, a new hope, a new identity. And all of this is because of Christ and what he has done for us. And so the call for the first hearers of this letter and the call for us today is in light of the fact that there is new life that's made available through Jesus Christ. How do we live into that? How do we practice that so that we stay fluent in the life of God's kingdom? How do we live into this today? Well, I think the way that we do this is the same way that God's people remained faithful in their wilderness wanderings. I think the way that, that we remain faithful as resident aliens in a world that seems to pull us astray when our citizenship is rooted in kingdom. I think we do this through a life of worship. There's regular rhythms of worship and one of, the, one of the terms we have for some of the rhythms of worship that shape us and form us is means of grace. They're ways that God works in God's people. As we think of, of some of the means of grace, we, we think about spending regular time in scripture and regular time in prayer and regular time in fasting. We've learned that it's these ways in which we humble ourselves before God that we are able to live faithfully in the midst of a world that tries to pull us in other directions. Amen? But it's not just those practices that often we do on our own. We also realize that we truly do need one another in order to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Which is why another means of grace, the term I like for it, is holy friendships. We all need those people in our lives who can help us. We need those people who are seeking to live for Jesus Christ just as we are, 
who can hold us accountable, who can encourage us, who can challenge us so that we can live into the calling that we've received from Christ Jesus. Amen? But we also need times like this. Times as we gather together as the body of Christ. And one of the things that we do regularly as we gather together as the body of Christ is we practice the sacraments. We regularly share in communion together. And we not quite as regularly also share in the sacrament of baptism. And that's something that we have the opportunity and the joy to celebrate in today. You see, it's, it's through participating in, in the sacraments that we are also reminded of who we are in Jesus Christ. We're reminded of our identity and we're invited to live into our calling. Both of these are a part of what we do, just as they're a part of these, past, these verses we read in, in 1 Peter just a few moments ago. I want to say a little bit about baptism this morning. Baptism as a sacrament was instituted when Jesus Christ himself was baptized. When he was baptized by, by John uh, in the Jordan River. Throughout the book of Acts, as we see the early church forming, we're, we're reminded again and again that, that there is this call to, to believe and to be discipled and to be baptized as we seek to live as followers of Jesus Christ. Throughout the, the New Testament, we see baptism talked about as, as a sign and symbol of the new covenant that we have in Jesus Christ. And John Wesley, some of you would know who I'm talking about, who was influential in some of the founding of, of our tradition, talked about baptism as one of the means of grace, one of the ways by which we experience God's grace at work in our lives through our faithful obedience in this practice together. So we get ready to enter into this time today. I just invite you to join me for a few moments in prayer. Lord, as we gather today, we're reminded of the fact that through Christ Jesus, we are a new creation. That you have reached out to us and invited us to experience the new life that comes through Jesus Christ. And Lord, today we come together to this time of baptism. Lord, as Christ himself was baptized, and has he also instructed us to be baptized. And Lord, today as we think of the water, we're reminded that in the beginning, your spirit hovered over the waters. Lord, that in the right time, you you parted the waters to lead your people through the very depths of the water so that they could be set free from the bondage and oppression that they had faced. And Lord, we're reminded perhaps most of all that in Jesus Christ, we can taste and drink and experience the living water. And so God, today as we come to this time, Lord, we pray that by your spirit and power at work, you would use these waters to do something in us. Lord, that you would use these waters to continue your, your saving and sanctifying work in your people today. And so God, today we humbly come before you and we give you the thanks and the praise and glory that is due in your name. Amen.
I'm going to take a moment now to invite those who are, are being baptized today to, to just sit up here in the front, if you would. And if you're going to be reading a testimony for those who are baptized, you can kind of come and gather uh, down front uh, as well. As we journey through baptism today, we're going to get a chance to, to hear testimonies and to also participate in this sacrament. But I want to speak specifically uh, now to those who are, are being baptized today. You know, the earliest and simplest statement of the Christian faith into which you come to be baptized today is something known as the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed says this, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Church of Jesus Christ, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Will you be baptized into this faith? If so, say, I will. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and do you realize that he saves you now? If so, say, I do. Do you put your whole trust in God's grace and love? If so, say, I do. And will you obey God's holy will and keep his commandments, walking in them all the days of your life? If so, say, I will. I'm going to go ahead and dismiss you guys so you can head to the, the back and, and prepare for baptism. And as they are, are uh, being dismissed, I just want to point out a couple of things today. This is significant today for several reasons. Significant, first of all, because it's baptism, and baptism is always significant. But as you may have noticed or will notice, it's also significant today because we are baptizing various generations. And the faith that we hold on to is always a faith that we have to steward well, that we want to pass on from one generation to the next generation and the next generation. And so it's a joy today to celebrate baptism across the generations. I also want to point out two other things today. We will be baptizing by immersion, but we will also be baptizing by sprinkling today. You see, we have a tendency to believe that while there's great symbolism and significance in immersion baptism, baptism isn't primarily about what we do, it's about what God does in us. And we just happen to believe that God is big enough to work through a variety of means. And so we celebrate the grace and power of God at work today through baptism. One last thing I want to point out to you today about baptism. We also today see the way that God calls and equips God's people. Some of you know that just about a week and a half ago, Tanya McKinney received her first district minister's license. That's okay to be happy about that. Which in the Church of the Nazarene, it's once you receive a district minister's license that you're considered part of clergy. 
And the Church of the Nazarene, we believe that, that clergy are those who administer the sacraments. Tanya today is going to be, excuse me, Pastor Tanya is going to also be baptizing today. And so in the midst of baptism, we also celebrate how God calls and God equips people to serve God. Calling and equipping is true for clergy, but calling and equipping is also true of all of God's people. Amen? And so we celebrate that today as we celebrate together in baptism. I have one more question I want to ask all of you before we enter into the rite of baptism here. We believe that this faith into which we live is not something any of us can do on our own. Which is why I want to ask all of you who are here today, friends, family, congregation, will you do everything in your power to help those who are being baptized to live as faithful followers of Jesus Christ, as the resident aliens that we are, to live faithfully in a world that often tries to pull us away. If you will do everything in your power to support those who are being baptized today, would you say, we will? We will. Amen. We're going to continue in a time of, uh, we're going to sing together and go into a time of prayer as, as our baptismal candidates prepare, and then we'll, we'll join you again here in a few moments. Well, you're welcome to uh, sing from where you sit or stand with us this morning. We're going to sing. Oh, my words fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do. But every song must end and you never do. So I throw my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit for a king. Except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got one response. I've got just one move. With my arms stretched wide, I will worship you. Let's worship him. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know it's not much, but I'm nothing else fit. 
for a king, except for a heart singing hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, my soul, oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Let's praise Him. Come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song. You've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Yeah, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me, lift up your song Cause you got a lion inside of those lungs Get up and praise the Lord Yeah, praise the Lord Praise the To, to gather together and pray together in uh, our congregational prayer time, feel free to find a position of prayer that's uh, comfortable for you. Would you just join together in prayer this morning? Dear Lord, we come before you on this special Sunday. And Lord, I pray that uh, no matter how we individually have come here this morning, no matter what's going on in our lives, Lord, some of us are struggling with, with deep conflict in our personal lives with family or friends or work. Some of us are struggling with our own internal challenges. We're struggling with decisions to make that are big. Lord, I pray that in all the hurdles that any one person here is facing, I pray that they would be able, that in the presence here, they would feel you working in their lives. I pray that you would give them comfort mm -hmm. in knowing that you are God with us, that you journey with us. I pray that whatever they need to know for the next step, whatever they need to know to do tonight, tomorrow, that you would light their path one step at a time. Give them peace and comfort in knowing that you love them and you work in their lives. I pray that also that as we face health issues and we face those struggles, I pray that we would both receive and give 
the comfort of the body of Christ, that we would reach out to each other, that we would edify and lift up each other. Lord, I pray that in everything that we journey through, we don't just have you. It's amazing to have you, but we have each other in the body of Christ. I pray that that would always be true. Lord, I pray that in those times where we're struggling, in those times where we're facing those challenges, when times where we don't necessarily feel your presence, those times where we might feel a drought, I pray that our roots would go deeper, that you are still there, that your work is still being done. I pray that we would dig deep to find your living water in our lives, Lord. I pray that as we heard Pastor Mark talk about the ways that you work in our lives through things like baptism and communion and reading scripture and gathering together to hear your word spoken, to, to hold each other accountable, to lift each other up. In all those means in which your Holy Spirit works in our life, Lord, I pray that that would bring us closer to you. That as those roots grow deeper, as we seek to know you better, that when times of challenge come, our faith would survive and thrive, rooted deeply in who you are, our identity based not on the things of this world, but on you. I pray, Lord, as we prepare to participate in, in baptism, as we lift those uh, candidates for baptism up, Lord, I pray that uh, we would take that charge seriously, to, to lift each other up, to spur each other on in our relationship with you, to do good works, to live out our faith in the ways that we act every day. I pray that not just for these three, but for all of us. I pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to move in the people of this church to make a difference in the world. I pray that in your blessed name. Amen. Are we ready for baptism? I want to get to it. How about you guys? Della, why don't you come on? Go ahead and come on up and join me here. Just so you know how how this will happen. Each each time um, we have someone reading a testimony, and then after the testimony, we will baptize. Then it's okay to celebrate. You guys need to practice celebrating. And then we're going to have a prayer of blessing for those who are baptized as well. Della, you've been a part of our church. You're okay up here. <laughs> You've been a part of our church for a long time, but uh, you've come to this place of saying, I, I'm ready to be baptized. And so it's, it's a joy and privilege to have you with us today. I think uh, Dean's gonna be reading your testimony for you. Thank you. I'll be reading Della Wright's testimony today. Be still, hold on one step more. Be still, Exodus 14, 14. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. One step more, Colossians 1.10, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and hold on, Hebrews 10.23, please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God. I learned this in a lecture at NNC years ago. It has meant a lot to me and has stuck with me over the years. I want to rededicate my life to Jesus. 
He has seen me through the joys and trials of my life, and I continue to need him more and more. Well, Della, it's my privilege today to be able to baptize you. And we've heard your heart, and God wants to work in you as well. So, Della, today, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. We rejoice with you. Della, it's my privilege to pray a prayer of blessing for you in these moments of your baptism. Let me pray. Gracious God, we thank you for these moments. We're thankful and we rejoice uh, with Della in this step of baptism and in this uh, commitment to you. And Lord, we're thankful for the many ways that you move and work in our lives. And so, Lord, we pray that you would continue to sustain Della. We're thankful, as, as Dean read, her testimony and the many ways that she um, uh, committed her life to you years ago, but has decided now to rededicate her life and uh, do this um, step of baptism as a public testimony of her faith in you. And, Lord, we pray that you would continue to bless her as she grows in faith, sustain her. Uh, Lord, we're thankful and grateful for your faithfulness across our lives, and we pray that your faithfulness would uh, continue to be poured out upon her life. Lord, we pray your blessings upon her, and we're thankful to be a part of this, uh, this step in her journey this day. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. For us, this is a special day when you not only, you know, see your children, but then your grandchildren love and follow Jesus. And Harley, Papa, and I are so proud of you. Um, what a sensitive and beautiful, loving, caring granddaughter you are. And we also see what a leader and a positive role model you are to others. And as you can see, you have the support of your family and friends that are here as well. <laughs> Um, and your witty personality is something that others love as you share your stories with them. And you asked me to share your baptism today, and your words are, I want to be baptized because I want to be a disciple and a servant of God. Harley Marie Sheldon, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Harley, let me pray a prayer of blessing for you just now real quick. 
Gracious God, we thank you for these moments and we're thankful for this testimony that we've just heard of Harley's young life and her commitment to you. And Lord, we rejoice with her in these moments of baptism. And Father, we pray that you would just give her all that she needs and we pray that your blessings would be upon her as she grows and as she grows in faith and in understanding of you. And Lord, we pray that you would just bless her and help her to continue to grow and to become uh, the person of God that you have created her to be throughout her life. And Lord, we pray your blessings upon her and we just rejoice in uh, this, this gift of baptism this day. And we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Jared, you've been a part of the church for a long time, but uh, I remember it was a few months ago you said, I've never been baptized, and it's, it's time. So it's a, it's a joy to have you here today and to have some of your family with you today as well. Good morning. Uh, my name is Trent. Um, it's my privilege to, to be able to share on behalf of Jared today. Um, if you don't know, Jared and I have known each other since about the crib. He was born like three weeks after me. And we've known each other ever since. <clears throat> Acts 22.10 says, I asked, what should I do, Lord? Get up, the Lord replied, and go into Damascus. There you will be told every, everything you have been appointed to do. In this passage, Paul is giving an account of his transformation to the Jewish leaders who are intimidated and scared of Paul's ministry. In the story, Paul tells the leaders that he was blinded by the power and glory of the Lord on the road. He was told to seek the help of a follower that the Lord had prepared for him. There he heard the good news from Ananias, a follower who was ready for Saul's arrival because of a vision given to him by the Lord. This story illustrates the power of baptism and what it means to be followers of Jesus. At some point we were all like Saul or the Jewish leaders. I was like Saul, young and prideful, full of knowledge, but without wisdom, and convinced that the way to live was by upholding what was right. I was like the Jewish leaders, scared to leap into faith, to answer when my heart was being called, and by the unknown that comes with faith. <clears throat> what we are reaching for is to be like Ananias, ready for the call, obedient when we are called upon, and trusting in how God works in this world. Even still, Ananias had objections to the calling that he was given because of Saul's reputation amongst the church. The Lord said to Ananias that this man would be the witness of the gospel to the Gentiles, and to the other lands that the Jewish people could not reach. Ananias chose to follow even though this seemed unlikely given Saul's reputation. Today I take a step in that journey to show this community, the church, that I am committed to being obedient to the Lord's calling for my life. I am unsure where this will take me, but I am confident that I will have the tools, skills, and abilities because the Lord has prepared me. Paul experienced a transformation that day on the road to Damascus the kind that we know can only come from radical faith. Now, I commit to the Lord's calling for him. You will be his witness to everyone concerning what you have seen and heard. What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash away your sins as you call on his name. It's a great testimony, Jared. Thank you for sharing that with us. 
was my privilege today to get the chance to baptize you. So Jared Stensgard, I baptize you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me pray a prayer of blessing. Gracious God, we thank you for these moments, and we're thankful for Jared and for his life, and for this testimony that was just read. We're thankful for the many ways that you have moved and worked in his life. And Lord, this day we rejoice in baptism and this step that he has taken. And Father, we pray that your blessings would be upon him, uh, that he would be able to uh, continue to serve you, to continue to grow in grace. We pray that you would give him guidance throughout his life. And Lord, we're grateful, as it says in scripture, that you know the plans that you have for our lives. And I pray that you would just uh, continue to pour out your blessings and continue to unfold uh, that plan before him. Gracious God, we thank you for these moments and we pray all these things in, in Christ's name. Amen. Hi, my name is Jolene and I get the privilege to uh, read Stephanie's testimony. I just want to say, Stephanie, I am so blessed to have you in my life and to be able to do this journey with you. I was born March 17, 1988, in Bethpage, New York. Growing up, my father and grandmother taught me about God, and I had developed a good relationship with him. By the time I was seven years old, then suddenly and tragically, my father passed away exactly one month after Christmas in 1996. I was devastated by this and couldn't understand why God would take my father away. I turned away from him and even said I hated him. Shortly after that, my life went into a downward spiral. I got into drugs and drinking at an early age. I guess I was looking for anything to numb the pain and make me feel better. I don't know what I was looking for. I also made some very poor relationship choices and, and even through, even though I gained three beautiful children from those, I often felt isolated and depressed and continued to downward spiral again and again. A few times I lost everything. I was very hurt, angry, and quite frankly mad at the world. My aunt would usually pick up the pieces, and over time, this led her to build a resentment towards me, and I her. However, now I see how a lot of my poor choices in life have somehow built a more solid foundation for me to be put into God's hands. With recently, my aunt having a major role in this as well, which led me to Justin and Jolene, who have been such a positive, force in helping me back to Christ, call it an act of God, but I am now fully ready to dedicate my life to Jesus and look forward to building a loving relationship with him and so excited to see what the future holds. Stephanie, your testimony is a great testimony of how God does not leave us alone in those wilderness times. So it's a joy to be able to baptize you today. 
Seventy, I baptize you today in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Stephanie, let me pray a quick prayer of blessing. Gracious God, we thank you for these moments, and we rejoice uh, in this baptism of Stephanie. We, we're thankful and grateful for uh, these many ways that you are working in her life, and as we've heard in her testimony, in the ways that you have brought her back to you, and um, you are faithful, God, and we're so thankful and grateful for that. And Lord, we pray that you would just bless her. Uh, we're thankful that you are a God of newness and of new life, and we pray that you would just pour out your new life into her, and through the work of your Holy Spirit, that you would just call her to be uh, the person of God that you have created her to be. We're thankful for this time, and we pray your blessings upon her, and we pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. You know, I know there's many others who are here today who have been baptized before. So I wanted us to take a moment for those of us who've been baptized to reaffirm our baptismal vows today as well. Today, would all those who've been baptized join with these who've committed themselves to Christ? And would we, would we renew our baptismal covenant? Will you seek to live faithful lives as resident aliens through holy friendships, faithful worships, worship, and the teaching of Christ as passed down through Scripture? If you will do that, say, I will with God's help. Will you do everything you can in your power? to resist evil, and if you do fall into sin, to repent and return to the Lord. If so, say, I will with God's help. Will you share the good news of Jesus Christ with all you can in word and also in deed? If so, say, I will with God's help. And will you seek to serve Christ by loving all people, those you know and those you do not know? If so, say, I will with God's help. Lord, we are here today because of your grace for us. And Lord, we thank you that we are not on this journey alone, that we have one another, but that also we have your help and power at work within us through your Holy Spirit. And so God, today, again, we surrender ourselves to you. We offer ourselves to you knowing that we do not live in this foreign world, through our own strength and power, but through Christ who lives in us. In your name we pray, amen. Stand with us one last time as we lean into that commitment to abide with him.
that comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. 